figure like you can complain about no one taking you on tour or if you feel like God has something for you to say, then you could like just get out there and, and do it on your own in a sense, of course, depending on his power and his leading, but just get out there and do it. Like don't wait for man's approval. I'm just nerves and muscles gaining strength. This is a testimony of Dylan Chase. I guess I gotta say something. So easy to say nothing. But if I'm gonna speak up, I gotta speak up on my shortcomings as well. We all got the same setbacks. I just got a different solution. Die daily, Dylan Chase. I'm doing it for that alone. Said I pride, take over like a body drawn style. Phone cup full of lust, down inside it low. But got hung up on the cross in a downtown. Let me rock with a rock, that's a milestone. What if God took us all on a ride along? We would see the anger in the herd. All the babies getting murdered. Gets worse, that's a hard bit of smile soul. I'ma go. Talk about it till they can't take it, Lord. But what I want a vacation for. If I'm torn apart limb by limb, I hope the church says more than defund them. But I know they got a body. Pros, they probably get chose, but a lobby is But I want to see us all in the master's house. Bill a Senate reach death, then it passed the house. Dylan Chase Darnell. I know. Chase sounds like it would legit be his last name, but it's his middle name. And Darnell typically is a first name. So, Dylan Chase Darnell was born in Ada, Oklahoma, but raised right outside of Dallas, Texas. On October 31st, 1985, he has one older brother and was raised in a two-parent household. His parents were drug-dependent. His father's drugs of choice were heroin and crack, and his mom's alcohol. thing is it becomes the norm and so it just kind of feels like life i think i was five years old the first time i saw my dad overdose from heroin i uh, didn't know what was going on my mom told me that he was choking i remember that and shortly after that in a game of hide and seek my brother and i came across drug paraphernalia pipes syringes things like that and then that's when it got out to the rest of the family that they were still abusing and there was kind of like a they tried to intervene my other family did and we went to live with my grandparents and then my aunt and uncle my parents went to rehab and so then there became like this circular cycle where they would go to rehab get out it'd go back downhill in a couple years and they'd go back to rehab and get out so i was going from living with my aunt and uncle and then while my parents were in rehab and just dealing a lot with just missing my mom and dad. And and then the hard part of it is the shame and embarrassment that settles in and silence. Uh, well, the enemy loves silence, um, shame, 
breeds silence, which breeds more shame and more darkness. So I was not speaking up to people about the issues I had in my life. Like I can remember my aunt sending me to church camp, I think when I was in sixth grade. And I didn't tell a camp counselor about my problems because I just thought this is so embarrassing that I'm that my parents have this issue. And so that ended up, you know, turning into bitterness. Um, whenever things got to this level of chaos, you know, drug dealers showing up at the house and, and demanding money that my dad owed them and making, you know, violent threats towards us, druggies camped out in my living room. Of course, the physical abuse between my mom and dad, which just comes with codependency and drugs. I became a different person, but I, it wasn't acted out. I became more drawn in. So I went from being a very outgoing, almost like, you know, over the top energy personality into being very introverted. And it was just roots of bitterness were just getting deeper and deeper in me. And so my way of dealing with it was, of course, started writing much more music at that time. And I was just very drawn in, you know, very depressed and things like that. Let me get another shot like Dan Wayne. My pleasure come and go like a phantom. And I can't run quick enough to get the stuff. Fleeting in the season though I am numb. And I just wanna feel you, God. Living like I don't feel you, God. Living like you didn't feel me, God. With the power of your presence and still feet pride up the grace. Let on that guilty squad. If I run from it, that's a real deep flaw. Gonna spread your ass like a filthy dog. Only got one need, which will be God. To know you is to be known by you. Dethroned the soul, the scene so idle to say. Leave me alone while I gravitate to my grave. Saturated by my desperation for the crave. I just see the trees trying to feed the beast. Who keeps a leash around both feet? So I leave my peace, then I see the feet. I really need a reach for that throne seat. Cause what I really need is the guy that took in the nervous system to serve several human beings. Word extended to the earth descending. Murder when the righteous and the God had to meet him. My God, he told to feel pain. My God, brought low to this pain. Behold him, is maimed and was totally slain. 33 on that cross, gave his soul for the slave. Rose from the grave, like got him. Told us the way, just follow. Oh, when the way he fought us, caught up. And he will never lose one. Even when we fought into the losers. got really out of control when I was in high school. Their drug problem did. They started bringing drugs into the house, and mainly as my dad, like when I was probably in seventh grade, and because uh, they used to leave and, and just be gone, but they really started bringing them into the house. So when I was 16, I just left. I just put all my clothes in a trash bag and showed up on my aunt's porch to live with her, and I never went back to live with my parents. I just finished high school out. Um, even had a brief stint the summer of my junior year where I wasn't able to stay with my aunt anymore and I didn't have anywhere to stay. And I basically was just staying from friend's house to friend's house for a span of like two weeks until one family uh, took me in. Going into my senior year of high school, I'd stayed at a friend's house like three nights in a row. And, you know, of course, the parents are like, why won't he leave? Like they're thinking this is, you know, kind of excessive three nights in a row. And so I think actually school had actually started. It was like the first week of school and I had still stayed there. And I, I got home from school. They lived by the high school. I remember walking through the door and the dad was standing right there. And it like startled me because he was a very, uh, I mean, he was a man of God, but he, had, he was like the dad that likes to make everyone feel scared and intimidated. You know, he's big, he was strong. He was a military man. And I didn't know how to 
deal with men because, you know, my dad was never really authoritative in my life because I think he dealt with a lot of guilt and shame. So he wasn't a big disciplinary, you know, because I think he felt like he gave up that right to be my disciplinary. So I was intimidated by this guy. And he's like, you know, Dylan, like right when I walked in, he's like, do you need a place to stay? And I don't even think I could give him an answer. And he's like, he knew I needed a place to stay. So they went to the Goodwill and got me a bed for like 10 bucks. And they took me in. And it was a Christian home. So it was a, a Christ-centered environment. You know, I was friends with their two kids, even though their two kids were, were kind of wild, uh, like I was, as far as the way, you know, the music we listened to, the the things we devoted our time to, you know, wasn't Christian. But now I'm in this Christian environment where I'm forced to reckon with the reality of Jesus, because I just see it all over this family. You know, he loved his wife. He cared for his kids. They were heavily involved in their church. So I'm going to church with them. And and I'm seeing that God is real, because by that point, I'd become bitter and angry towards God. I thought, you know, why did God give me this life that I have? And I prayed all the time for my parents' drug addiction to go away, and it didn't. I never stopped believing in God, but I stopped believing that he cared. And so now I'm like, wait a second, this family is so different. Why is it different? And Jesus was the only answer of why they were so different. You know, my introduction to prayer was my mom would pray for my dad when he was overdosed. My dad would pray for my mom when she was passed out. But these people just prayed for the joy of it and the necessity of it. And I remember, you know, I thought being married was like a curse. If God was really not pleased with you, he would force you to live with someone who you hate, you know, for the rest of your life. And you're now married. And they were happily married. And, and you know, it was an African-American family. And so that just highlighted their love all the more because despite of our cultural differences and our different ethnicities, he would embrace me and, and introduce me as his son at church, even though they got little bit of weird looks, you know, whenever you would say, this is my my son, Dylan. And to this day, when I see him, you know, he calls me son. And um, so, yeah, he planted the seed of the gospel. Now, it wasn't like an overnight change when I lived there. I was still in rebellion, uh, but it was within a year of living with them in September of 2004, whenever I surrendered my life to Christ. And, and that's when transformation really started to happen. Connect with testimony and musician story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at testimonystories.com. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. This is Dylan Chase, and you're listening to Testimony, a Musician's Story. When the children of Israel 
to the present day times Yeah, we are inferior With this blessing is mine, I question if I'm truly acquainted with you I'm frustrated by what moves me to forget you Consumed with your greatness, you prove to be gracious I view this throughout your scripture Read it, hear it, feel it, consume my heart Reduce from the thought, the depths of the sovereign grace Yeah, you are great, I am not, but you view me as bad You who have sat me while I kept on running Fingertips stripped away chains I was hugging Willfully spit in your face with my lips You wiped it off and then let your blood drip And oh, how he loves us His aunt only had one spare bedroom, and her daughter and her daughter's family needed to stay in it. Dylan said he would stay with his older brother, not knowing that his brother's place was at full capacity, and the landlord was threatening to kick him out if another person who wasn't on the lease moved in. He ended up moving into the Christian household, allowing Jesus to bunk in his heart. And that's when the transformation began. FYI, his mom has been freed from her drug addiction since 2008. That is a huge motivation for Dylan. And now, maybe for you too. Dylan committed his life to Christ on the eve of his 19th birthday. Prior to that, he always had a love for music. He listened to everything from Nirvana to Wu-Tang Clan. He spent a lot of time freestyling and writing subpar lyrics about nothing. A transition happened earlier, probably when I was 17, meeting a local rapper who heard my stuff and he heard my like wannabe gangbanger stuff where I was just trying to, you know, come up with clever punchlines about guns and and I was really big into the battle rap scene in Dallas. And then he heard this song I had where I talked about my mom. I can't even remember the name of the song, but it was just talking about my mom and, and all of the issues we were having, right? Because I was, wasn't even living with my parents at the time. And that's when he had me transition to write music from my heart. He was like, don't try to sound like what's on the radio. Don't talk about stuff that you don't feel. But this, like, your music was okay. But when I heard this song about with you and your mom, like, it moved me. Like, you need to go this direction. So I'm like, okay, I'll just write music from my heart, right? And so I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, because after I got saved, after God saved me, I continued to just write music from my heart. But now Jesus had such a strong hold of it. As my relationship with Jesus grew, my uh, the maturity 
and the soundness of my music, you know, grew with that. So it wasn't a conscious decision. Like I'm going to rap for Jesus. It was just like, I'm still rapping, but now my heart is beating for something other than myself. By the time Dylan was 20 years old, he had a two-year-old son. He and his girlfriend had given their life to Christ around the same time, when their son was around one, and decided to marry when he was 20. He says at the time, they didn't feel too young and were surrounded by a good church community. Since then, they have had two daughters. His wife homeschools the kids and manages Dylan's career while he does music full-time. Yeah, I started doing music full-time almost three years ago. Um, Other than that, for seven years, I just did music on the side and and worked at a bank. And um, as I began to find my uh, lane and find my voice and and just be creative to try to do things that other people weren't doing, God, you know, opened up doors. So a lot of what I stay busy doing is actually working with worship teams at different churches and incorporating hip-hop, not like in in a really natural way, not where like I'm forcing them to put 808s, right, and synths over all their music, but I'm just writing a verse or a spoken word to a worship song, and we come together and collaborate and do it. Uh, And then now being able to write worship music for churches where I'm writing verses, multiple verses, and recording them and then sending them to churches where they're getting one of their worship people to learn how to rap the verse and communicate it. So it's really just been a dream come true to contribute in that way. And so, you know, I've been really busy doing that. I've gotten plugged in with some some of the bigger churches, like in the Oklahoma City area. And so I stay busy doing that. And then other than that, it's just random things that I don't know how they find out about me, but my story connects with a lot of young people. And so you know, leaders will value my story and they'll see some of their youth in my story. And so they they bring me out. And then normally the past two years, I've put together a live in your living room tour where we just do smaller venues and it's for an intimate type of setting. And I just try to book those myself off of relationships that I've built and over years of doing this, you know, for 10 years. And I invested in sound equipment and I figure like you can complain about no one taking you on tour or if you feel like God has something for you to say, then you could like just get out there and, and do it on your own in a sense, of course, depending on his power and his leading, but just get out there and do it. Like don't wait for man's approval. The only hard part is that uh, the more I get booked doing that, when I'm actually going to the churches, uh, it pulls me away from my home church on Sundays. So me and my family, as this has become more uh, more of an occurrence over the past year, we're trying to th- figure out when I need to say no. On one hand, we're praying for God to provide. But on the other hand, we don't want the enemy to tempt me to neglect my home church and neglect my family because I'm always gone and, and doing stuff like this. So 
That's one of our prayer requests we have now is that we would learn to say no sometimes if it's if we need to, you know, and just really trust God. They tell us victory is sweet when you overcome defeat, but we're so overcome with grief. We struggle just to breathe. We buckle out our knees and they still want us to run a hundred feet. They said joy is in the morning. Day hasn't made it for a while. The night don't leave. We just fake it when we smile. I used to pray as a young child. My flesh was so weak. I gave into denial. The devil prayed upon this child. We have hands tied, feet bound with burdens. Mentally enslaved to each sound emerging from the sin that seems to live in me. And the enemy that roams outside and tries to get rid of me. But a hand extended from heaven to earth. Jesus Christ steps in to settle my hurt. My head will never rise above the water around me. Then the voice of God breaks through my surroundings. Like one day, one day, one day. When the glory comes. When the glory comes. Did you get that prayer request? Let's not forget that these artists are just like us and need prayer too. Here's a fun fact. His teenage son is his DJ. So when he is away from home, he has a piece of home with him. Dylan has been in the rap game for over 10 years and has found and settled into his lane of doing rap over worship music. Glory, 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 One of these days, Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones, or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony, and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A Musician's Story. Now back to Dylan Chase and his testimony and musician story. It's like my heart stopped. It's like I shut my eyes for a moment and let my car drop. He's released several projects. A few years ago, he started the Speak Up series. All three volumes are available for free. His latest, Volume 3, has been considered his best work to date. What really birthed Speak Up was the desire to give out free music. You know, I did that on this pause mixtape I did in 2010. And then people really supported the album Week. And I thought that dropped like in June of 2011. And just within about seven or eight months, I released Speak Up. I had a lot of music and, you know, at, at that point, the vision was small. It was like, just get some beats off the internet and just write a bunch of music and just put it out there because I saw like this trend of artists doing free music. And then I saw the need to reintroduce myself to a younger CHH audience. Um, you know, I probably had too much exposure 
too soon in my career. Um, you know, Lecrae produced over half of my first album. I recorded it, you know, as he was recording after the music stops, which was like his second album. So that came about because he heard my album and I had a bunch of secular beats. And at that time, that was like a grave offense. And so he lectured me. And my excuse was, Christian producers won't get back with me. So he got out his laptop and emailed like a bunch of Christian producers. And then he says, I'll let you take my beat machine home and you can have beats off of that. And so I was like, okay. So I started from scratch on on my first album. And so early on, like having that co-sign, this is going back to like 06. And then I was part of the 116 album, 13 Letters. Uh, I did a date on the Unashamed tour in 2008. But I think I had too much exposure and I didn't have the talent and the character. There probably wasn't anything super memorable about me at that point. So if people heard me, they'd be like, oh, that's pretty good, but it's nothing that I'm probably going to come back to and revisit. So that's what led to my decision in in 2011 to start working on a free album. Because I'm like, you know what? Like, I think some people probably heard me back when I was doing some stuff with Reach, and they probably listened to the snippets of my album and were like, eh, not interested. And now, probably every time they see my face, they probably hear what that first album sounded like. And and just in case they want to give a chance, maybe if I come out with a free album, there's no risk. Maybe they'll they'll download it. And so I released the free album, Speak Up, and I just had a random ideas that I wanted to speak up on um, that I felt needed to be addressed. And so that was kind of the heart going into it. Uh, we don't know if it's my best work yet, but that's what you're always going for. Speak Up Volume 3, I was hesitant to call it Speak Up because it was so much different than the other two. It was its own deal. And I went from getting beats off the internet and, you know, I mix and, ma- and I mix all of my own music. I record all of it myself. And normally on free projects, I'm like, I'm not about to just spend my entire life releasing this free album I'll save all the hard work when people are actually paying for it. But for Speak Up Volume 3, I didn't take any shortcuts. So I pretty much treated it like an album. But it's much more holistic and cohesive. So I was, um, I met On Beat Music. We ended up dialoguing and we worked some on Be Different. Then he smashed the Rapzilla beat battle in 2014. And then he came with me on the Be Different concert series I did started talking about, well, let's just do like a project where you just produce all of it and I and I write it. And then I was like, you know, I have this whole speak up thing out there and let me go ahead and just make the last chapter. Let me just do a volume three, but let me um, put, you know, treat this like as if it was my last album, like don't cut any corners, really stretch myself. Being an independent artist for so long, there's a humility that has to come with collaborating with another person who's telling you, redo that, redo that. So a lot of arguments back and forth. Um, so he pushed me out of my comfort zone. I tried to push him out of his. I just began to write. I was going back to school at that time as an English major. So I'm forced to read a lot of other people and a lot of other poetry. So I'm beginning to try to grow as a writer on Speak Up and really trying to not waste any words and look at every phrase and trying to make something beautiful about it. I feel really good about it um, because it, I didn't go in there with any like forced agenda. I, I just kind of just was trying to be in tune with where God was leading me and just find my voice. I feel like I was starting to find my voice on Be Different 
feel like I really found it on this, on this one. I was such a young Christian and very impressionable and immediately was was around the guys that that would change the whole culture of Christian hip hop. You know, I didn't realize these people I was around, the impact they would eventually have. And so it was very easy for me to fall into a mimicking of what they were doing and and being like the Reach Records, like the Walmart version of Reach Records, you know? <laughs> and so speak up, be different. It was happening. I'm like, I, I'm 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 coming into my own a big time and be different. But speak up volume three. It was like I'm I'm playing to my strong points as an artist. And I'm also getting out of my comfort zone as an artist and trying new things. And uh, I'm not going to compromise, you know, where God has me in life and and where my strong convictions and passions lie. I'm just going to use all of that. We're seeing God do a lot of things with the music, um, particularly the song Stay, which deals with fatherless homes. And then also um, the song Heart, which is more of a worshipful type of song, just hearing testimony of how... God is using that to bring people out of dark places is great. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. <laughs>